our head, we bow our knees, and we worship at your throne. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Just worship him, enter in. Oh, and we need you, Lord. Oh, we need you, Lord, right now. Oh, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. I bow my knees Oh, and worship at your throne Cause we need you, Lord We need you, Lord Right now Oh, we need him, don't we? Hallelujah, I need him in my life Man, I trust you feel the same Man, it's so good to see everyone this evening, and I'm just happy to be here, and it's just good to be able to take a break from the busyness of the week and enjoy this resurrection weekend, amen, I pray that you you just enter in with all your heart, amen, and, and just get what God has in store for you today, amen, we have a visiting minister, amen, and we're just excited to hear what God has in the word for us today, amen, <clears throat> let's sing that song together, How Great Is Our God, Splendor of the King. <clears throat> the splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice, and he wraps himself in light. And darkness tries to hide And trembles at His voice Trembles at His voice And how great is our God Sing with me how great is our God And 
again bring it up to G bring it up how great is our God sing with me how great is our God oh Lord we'll see how great yes how great is our God second verse and age to age you stand when time is in his hand beginning and the end beginning and the end oh the bride and Christ are one I'm so glad of that well uniting time has come oh soon we're going home soon we're going home and how great is our God come on sing with me how great is our God oh and all will see how great yes how great is our God Let's sing name above all names together now. Oh, name above all names. Jesus, you are worthy of all praise. Oh, and my heart will sing how great is our God. Again, now again. Yeah. Will now name. God, how great is how great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Name above all names. Now sing it. You're worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great is our God. Come on once again now. Yes, we'll name above all. Jesus, you are worthy. Oh, and my heart will sing How great is our God Now one last time How great is our God And how great is our God Sing with me How great is our God And all will see how great 
Savior, God, my healer, 
saints my you sound so beautiful when you sing in that way amen i know the holy spirit would be pleased with your worship amen if it sounds nice to me imagine what it sounds like to our heavenly father amen hallelujah let's sing that little song together i'm amazed that you love me key of g i'm amazed that you love me I'm amazed at how you came through your precious blood. I found pardon, and my sins are washed. They're all washed. Oh, I'm washed away. We're gonna bring it down. I'm amazed, oh, that you love me. Yes, I'm amazed at how you care. And through your precious blood, I found pardon. Oh, and my sins are washed. Well, they're all washed away. Washed away. Just sing the chorus again now. Well, I'm amazed yes, that you love me. Oh, I'm amazed how you. glad my sins are washed away, buried in the sea of his forgetfulness. Amen. Man, let's just change the order of our service at this time. I'd like to ask Brother Andy, if you, Brother Andy Irish, if you would make his way to the front, take these special needs to the Lord for us in prayer. Man, if you would remember a few of these uh, to mention here, I uh, want to remember the Buchanan family, uh, not with us right now. We just want to keep them in our prayers. Uh, Keep the drum family in your prayers and what they're going through. The Smith family as well. And we certainly think of the Pascals. Man, haven't seen them in a very long time. We certainly miss them. Praying for Brother Joe. And that God will bring him through his ordeal. Amen. <clears throat> if you'll remember the Jackson family as well, they are traveling. And uh, we have a prayer request here also for Sister Rachel Coffey, who's not with us. She's sick at this time. And we just want to keep her in our prayers. Amen. That's all I have. Amen. Do you have any unspoken prayer requests on your heart? Amen. God sees your need, friend. Let's just pray at this time. Brother Andy, if you'll come. Lovely Lord Jesus, as I stand before your bride, Father, I am amazed. Amazed that you love us, Lord. Father, 
We don't deserve that love. And we're so thankful for it, Lord Jesus. And we come before you, Lord, and we just ask for forgiveness. If we've done anything wrong, Lord, anything at all that would grieve your Holy Spirit, we ask, Lord, that you'd forgive us. Lord, maybe it was a thought. Maybe it was something we've said or did or had an attitude. Whatever it is, Lord, cleanse us with your blood, Father. And we identify with that lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Lord, as we start these meetings, it being a resurrection weekend, Father, there may be some this evening, Father, that are in a, a tomb of sickness, Maybe a tomb of depression, a tomb of addiction, a tomb of religion. Lord, it's my prayer, Father, that when the word goes forth, they would hear the name, their name, Father. That you would call their name out of their tomb tonight, Lord Jesus. And they would raise to a new life, Father. A new life in you, Lord. More closer to you, Lord Jesus. And Father, those that were mentioned as I lay my hands on this piece of paper, Father, I pray you'd meet their need, Lord. Meet it, Father God, as only you know how. And Lord, we ask that you would take a hold of this man that's traveled many miles, but it's the same God. And move him out of the way, Lord Jesus. Just use him as a vessel. And Lord, we ask that you would just take complete control of each of us and you'd open the eyes and ears of our hearts, and we would see you in your word, Lord Jesus, and we would receive it, and we would walk out of here like those on the road to Emmaus, and we would say, did not our hearts burn within us as you spoke to us this evening, Father? Lord, bless the song leader, the musicians, the choir, all that's done today and tomorrow, and we just ask for your seal of approval, Lord Jesus. We give it to you, and Lord, let your praise be glorious. For we ask it all in the precious and most holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you can have your seats. Brother Lincoln Claybaugh is a special force as he makes his way. Why don't we just continue playing that song, Sister Becky? As he's making ready. Think about his love. Oh, think about His goodness, think about His grace that's brought us Our Father. 
song. Hallelujah. It was very touching. Amen. Let's sing a couple songs here uh, just before the word comes forth. I had the little song on my heart, um, the heart of worship. Amen. When the me
music fades and all this stripped away, and I simply call, longing just to breathe something that's of a word that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within to the way things appear you're looking into my Give us unto the Lord, and we know that our tithes, our offerings go to further God's kingdom through this world. Amen. Brother Mike Pritchard, would you lead us in prayer of the offering?
key of G, please. I sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name, oh By faith, we confess, Lord, we, we expect great things, Lord, in these services, and we're just asking that you would just come, Lord, and open the book to us. And, Father, you would open that great fountain of life, and, Lord, just pour yourself out upon this people this weekend. We thank you, O oh God, for each one that's here, and, Lord, even though we have many needs and there's many concerns, we know we can, ne- we can never overwhelm you, Lord, with our requests and our needs, Lord. There's nothing at all that we go through that you don't know about. And so, Father, we confidently place ourselves into your hands now and ask that you would just reach down, take complete control. And, Lord, may you receive all the glory and honor in Jesus Christ's lovely name. Amen. Amen. Sing it one more time. That sounds so nice. We sing praises to your name. you a quote here before you're seated this evening here. In the second coming of the Lord in 1957, Brother Branham said he was at Easter meetings uh, in that year. 
65 years ago. And he says, and now everybody, everybody's welcome. And our visitors, he said, you're more than welcome to come and fellowship. And as soon as the service is over, he said, you people of the church here that comes here, see that you shake everybody's hand you possibly can. He said, just let down the bars and have a wonderful time. And you don't know what our Lord might do. He said, this is Easter time, and we're just anticipating great things. Now, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you the opportunity to shake everybody's hand before we sit down. You can do it after church, but shake, shake somebody's hand near you and say, God bless you, pilgrim, and welcome to the house of the Lord, and then we're going to let you take your seats tonight. <laughs> I love it when you're doing something for years, and you don't know Brother Branham said it, and then you find where Brother Branham said it, and it's just great. Shake everybody's hand. So you people now that are here, everybody, you need to shake everybody's hand after church, all right? You have to do that after church as well. We want to make all of our visitors and friends feel welcome. And uh, let me say it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, I, let me introduce myself. Uh, my name is uh, Barry Coffey. I'm the pastor here. And uh, I do come here. I mean, I, uh, I support this place. I think it's a great place. I've heard lots of good things about it. And uh, we are uh, glad to be back and uh, appreciate uh, uh, the good reports that we've had uh, in the services over this last little while. And uh, while it is our Easter meeting, and uh, that's always a, a blessed time and a wonderful time, and I believe a time when uh, Christians should celebrate and enter in uh, to what God has for them, uh, it's also a little bit of a, a time that's tinged with sadness as well, because this is going to be the last weekend for the Ashongs. Uh, they're going to be going back on Tuesday, going to Washington for a few days, and then heading back to Ghana. But uh, Brother Tim, uh, Sister Joanna, we'll keep your pew, and uh, the, the door will always be open, and uh, we certainly come to know uh, Brother Tim and Sister Joanna very well, and appreciate them uh, being here, and we're, we're delighted uh, to have spent this uh, time with them. Uh, they're going to uh, sing tomorrow and, uh, and uh, have a few words uh, in the service. So uh, I just want to say this about tomorrow. We'll have a full house, and uh, you want to make sure you get here early and uh, just come, uh, come expecting. We're going to have a baptism tomorrow, uh, and it's going to be a church dinner. and I mean, anything you can do in a Sunday, we're going to do it tomorrow. Sister Florence, I need to apologize because last uh, last Sunday uh, I missed you, and you're back from Ghana. We are we are delighted to see you back. God bless you. Good to have you uh, with us tonight. Also, as well, I wanted to mention uh, Brother Johnny Reynolds uh, doing uh, much better. He's not here tonight, Lord willing. Uh, he'll be here tomorrow, and uh, we appreciate all God's done for uh, Brother Johnny. Also, as well, today is Sister Rachel Pritchard's birthday. And uh, they're not with us today, I don't believe, but uh, be here, Lord willing, tomorrow. So <clears throat> we, uh, we are just uh, excited, and uh, we've just been praying uh, a long time about, uh, you know, this, this particular meeting this weekend. And uh, I think it's important for you uh, as a congregation, remembering that you operate half of this gift. Uh, that's set before us this weekend. I, like I said before, and I've mentioned many times, that it's a it's a great opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move Brother David down a certain path uh, that he may have absolutely no reason uh, to know why he's going down a certain path 
but but God does, and and it's it would be we'd have to understand that it would be just a sovereign way for God to speak to us, and uh, that's that's a wonderful privilege that we have. So you need to uh, put your feet under the table, just pull on that gift, and say, Lord, I've come here not just to have church, and not just to be assembled together, but I've come here to hear from you and. Uh, I believe that God uh, answers those prayers for us, and we're excited about that. Brother Random said, again, in another sermon, he said, in Restoration of the Bride Tree, he said, oh, I like Easter. And he said, he he goes on and talks a little bit about how we put emphasis on our looks and Easter uh, Easter eggs and all kinds of things like that. But he said, Easter is, is really a restoration time. He said, it's God restoring back. And he said... Nature itself testifies of that, that after the winter, that the, the laws of nature demand that life come back. And he said, every, every tree that you look at blooming and every patch of grass that's turning green and every uh, bush that puts out buds there, it's all operating according to the laws of nature, nature and, and stating, hey, it, it's, it's time to come back. It's time to be restored. And Brother Branham said, Easter is a sentence. He said, it's, it's a claim made by God. And he said, and God's law of nature pulls the earth around and makes that, uh, makes that bring forth during Easter time. He said, it's a resurrection. And it's beautiful. It's the return of the sun to restore what the winter killed. While it was from the earth, God sends the earth back around the sun. And he said, we are, we are told, he said, we are from way back there. And he said, now God brings it around again. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm glad for the resurrection. It is the thing that distinguishes Christianity from everything else on earth. And we are the only ones that, that say we serve a, a risen Savior and one who came from the tomb and he, not even death could hold him. And that's, uh, that's, that's an extraordinary thing. It's either really right or it's really wrong. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim tonight that I believe it's really right. I believe it's really true. And so we're excited tonight. We want to not prolong the service. There's been several requests that have been mentioned here uh, already tonight. And so we're going to have you stand and we're going to sing again. Uh, Majesty, let's sing that uh, chorus tonight. I've got it in A flat here. <clears throat> we're going to invite Brother David uh, to come uh, this evening here. And uh, as you know, uh, Brother David's from uh, Belgium and he's going to show a little bit about his uh, family and where he comes from and so forth, but uh, we were there in the summer and uh, small world, Sister Liddy and Brother David's wife grew up in the same church, right? What's that? Sister-in-law uh, grew up in the same church, and uh, so it's, it's great to have Brother David with us uh, this weekend, and uh, he just specifically was telling me today, he just felt the Lord uh, you know, leading him to come after uh, I invited him and just asked him to pray about it. And he said, I just felt that, uh, that strong desire to come. So we're uh, really honored to have him with us uh, today. He's been in the U.S. before, but out on the west side. So this is his first visit in the Carolinas and Virginia. And uh, uh, we're, uh, we're excited. So let's sing this morning, this evening here and uh, just uh, pull on that gift as we said tonight. Majesty, worship His majesty unto Jesus, be all glory.
exalt his name. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. You may be seated just for a few minutes. And uh, I'm so happy to be here tonight. Of course, I would prefer to sit with you and listen to someone else, but it's, it's a privilege to stand here and to glorify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, and uh, greetings from uh, back home from the church in Nazareth. I just have a three or four slides to uh, show to you. So I had to put a red circle on the map, otherwise you wouldn't find Belgium at all. <laughs> it's just a little dot on the map. But uh, you see the UK there, and then Holland, and uh, France, and Germany, and that little place in between is called Belgium. So we are uh, a mixture of s uh, several cultures, but I'm so glad that God also has his children in a little insignificant country and that he has a part of this bride there. Because the Bible says from every tongue and every nation. So we have to fulfill that part. Amen. So, um, and this is, uh, this is uh, the yellow part is Belgium. So maybe you know Brussels. Like recently Finland joined the NATO so some of you have maybe seen the pictures or the video with all the flags and the ceremony that's in uh, Brussels, so the, the capital of Belgium. And uh, so we also have the headquarters of the EU. So um, it's, uh, we are thankful. We have uh, also our youth meetings uh, yearly at Newport. Maybe you heard about that. And uh, I believe in the eyes of the Lord, it's more important than the NATO and the EU because we are doing things for his kingdom. So uh, it's not that we are uh, 
want to make ourselves big, but uh, the Lord is big. He's, he's doing big things. So, and uh, well, my grandfather founded our church uh, as a Baptist. He started out, and then uh, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then went to the full gospel, and then he met Perry Green, Brother Perry Green, and uh, and at 69 or 70, the message came. So uh, the old pictures of my parents in black and white, uh, you see my mom standing in mini skirts with cut hair and an electric guitar. Uh, so the Lord has had grace upon us, so, uh, but uh, I think it's the grace of God that just the message came to our little country and helped us. So since that time, we've uh, grown up. Uh, I've never known anything different than the message, and um, uh, the Lord knows it has never become common to us. It's always still very special. Amen. As, as a young boy, I used to listen read the message and also listen to Brother Branham and uh, and uh, desire and uh, uh, how should I say it, desire to hear more it becomes more special every day. So we thank the Lord. So um, I won't give you like uh, the whole church ages history of our church, but <laughs> just in a nutshell, my grandfather passed away in 99 and uh, we were two years without a pastor and then we voted for a brother Albert, an elderly brother in our church. And a few years later, um, I um, started in the ministry in 2007. And uh, I've been a co-pastor for brother Albert for about 10, 11 years. And then uh, since 2017, I am a pastor of the church. We had a vote. Brother Albert stepped down. And two years after that, he passed away. So we thank the Lord for the opportunity to do the transition uh, smoothly uh, without big issues. So uh, we thank the Lord for that. And um, so since uh, about one and a half year ago, I decided to go uh, full-time in the ministry, which was a big challenge. I was a general manager for a company, so very busy life. And uh, but the Lord is really blessing the work, so we thank the Lord for that. So that's uh, our church history. So um, this is uh, the city of Ghent. It's uh, not, uh, let's say, it's the fifth biggest city in uh, in Belgium. And uh, this is the view that Brother Barry and Sister Becky had from their hotel when uh, when they woke up. So <laughs> had breakfast. It's a very beautiful city. Um, uh, chocolate is uh, French fries, and uh, we call it Belgian fries. And uh, my wife is from France, so uh, we always have the debate about where the fries really come from. But just to tell you, it's Belgium. <laughs> no debate about it. <laughs> so uh, all the restaurants should change here in America. Uh, Wendy's and whatever, they should put Belgian fries. But anyway, we're still working on that one. <laughs> and uh, this is my family. I'm blessed to have a, a wonderful wife, um, real Christian, solid Christian that is serving the Lord. And uh, that's my four children. So we have two boys, two girls. 
Uh, Isaac is the oldest, 19, and then Nathan is 17. And then to the right, that's uh, Lydia. Uh, she's 15. And then Victoria is, uh, that's my baby girl. She is uh, 12, almost 13. So we have about average, like three children in adolescence. I'm saying on average, because one is half out of it and one is half into it. So that makes three children. <laughs> So the Lord is giving us grace. So I think the combination of pastoring and uh, having four children, you can see at my hair that uh, it lost some color over the last year. But uh, it, it just happens, yeah. So, uh, and then the last slide. Sorry. The last slide. This is our church building. So we, uh, it's quite amazing. When I started preaching about 16 years ago, 17 years ago, the church moved into another building, so it was a big issue, um, but the Lord has been gracious, and uh, I won't tell the whole story, but uh, people are very attached to a building sometimes, and, the min- and, and all the memories that were there with my grandfather, so for some people it was almost like blasphemy to think about moving, and uh, so there was a lot of turmoil when we uh, intended to move the church from the city center of Ghent a little bit out, outside of the city and in the midst of all the turmoil there's a sister in an old folks home who was blind at a very high age and the Lord gave her a vision gave her a dream and she described this building like to every the uttermost detail so that really God in his grace she couldn't have seen the picture because she was blind so God has even a sense of humor and all those things. And, uh, but the Lord in his grace just... Uh, and then the guy who sold the building was in a financial need, so he lowered the price so significantly, so we had to buy it. And so uh, last year we finished uh, uh, paying the building. So God knows how to plan things. It's amazing. Just at the time where we took the decision to go full-time, so uh, I'm so thankful to be able to do that. I would have never, like even two years ago, I would have never thought it would be possible, but everything is possible. <laughs> it's for his kingdom. So, so I hope you don't mind this. Uh, just, uh, I think it's good just to get to know each other a little bit better like this. And um, just before we go into the word of God, I'm, um, I hope I didn't overwhelm Sister Becky with the request, but the Lord just, uh, when I was in the office, a song came to me, and I want to uh, sing that song right after, after this, but I, I would like to thank Brother Barry for this invitation to speak, and uh, as we said, we had made plans already to go to Switzerland, to the meetings there, my wife and children are, have gone there, it's a nine-hour drive by the car. But the Lord really laid it upon my heart to come here. And as Brother Barry would put it, we are living in the vision. Amen. So uh, just to show you quickly our connection, I think it was 2002 or 2003 in Denmark, Brother William Ryerson organized men's meetings. And it was just uh, two or three years after my grandfather passed away. And... uh, 
Honestly, the days after my grandfather passed away, the Lord called me into the ministry. And I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same time in, in, uh, in my room. And uh, the Lord called me into the ministry, and I got so scared of it. So I ran away for many years. And uh, so um, here Brother Barry spoke and many other ministers. And uh, there's a few things that were said that really uh, registered. And uh, I won't go to, into the details of that. But just to say, years later, I was struggling in the church, we were in the struggles with Brother Albert getting older and sick, and uh, everybody was wondering where is the church heading to, and how do we do the transition, and all the stuff. So I was—I I didn't even tell this to Brother Barry yet, but I felt like saying it tonight. And um, I was praying and fasting for, I think, about two days, uh, two or maybe three days. I don't remember exactly. And I asked the Lord just to give an answer. And, uh, and so after fasting that time, I still started to feel hungry again. So I, I knew it was the end of it. And I asked the Lord to, uh, to give guidance for the future for our church. And I was still a co-pastor. And, and uh, it wasn't an easy time because people tend to always see negative things. When things change, people tend to lean back directly to negative. And... Uh, and by God's grace, we've always been supportive of Brother Albert and never, you know, went in, in any other direction. And, uh, but the Lord has uh, given us grace in those difficult times. And here I was, and I, I've, it's the only time I've done, done it in my life, and I asked the Lord, there's something in the Bible somewhere for this situation. And, I, and, and we don't make a doctrine of that, just opening your Bible and that's very dangerous, so I don't believe that. But just I felt like, uh, Lord, speak to me before we end this fast. And, and so I open my Bible, and it opens at Ezekiel 34, where the, word, the, the Lord speaks against the shepherds. And, uh, and uh, so it described the whole situation our church was in. And uh, Brother Barry, this is my testimony in connection with you. It's like it was just, this must have been like 2016, so 12 years after you spoke, and it was just like a flashback. I could hear that whole sermon again where you testified of moving from the ministry, and I think you even related to that specific scripture at the time. So that's quite amazing, like in the presence of God, that suddenly all those things, it's like, it's been stored somewhere, and suddenly the Holy Spirit brings it up. And now it becomes alive for that specific situation. Listen, I was just a young man looking for the Lord, going to the meetings, and I was so blessed. But some, somehow it so impacted my life, and especially that sermon of Brother Barry. And, and it became so much alive because he ministered about transitioning and, and sometimes moving as a pastor. It's never easy. So um, I thank the Lord for a real man of God that speak the word of God, so like your pastor. He is a man of vision and a man of integrity. 
And I, I, I appreciate uh, all the work he's done worldwide and still doing. And it's not easy to leave home. He could be uh, comfortably here and, you know, kind of uh, lay back and, and just have his church. But he's going around the world all the time for so many years, preaching, teaching, and not just preaching and teaching, but also reaching out to uh, people in need with vision books and everything. And I'm so thankful for practical Christianity, not just speaking about it, but doing the work. And uh, I see uh, the spirit of Jesus Christ in your pastor and uh, in this church also, because a pastor is nothing without his congregation, of course. You supported him all those years, and we thank the Lord. There's many lives that have been impacted, and uh, I'm just one of those lives. I'm, I'm just, this is Siri uh, listening to me. <laughs> I'll put the sound down. Maybe we can convert some uh, Siri on the, tonight. <laughs> so, but I'm so thankful. I'm one of the lives that has been touched, and uh, uh, I thank the Lord, Brother Barry, for your testimony, and it's from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, I thank the Lord for this invitation, and I just wanted to uh, come here and uh, almost like the leper who came back to say thank you. Amen. I'm not a leper, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> when the Lord does something, we, I think it's important we come back and say thanks to the Lord. So just before we read the scripture, I thank you for your patience with us. I would like to sing that song, Why Didn't We Recognize? I think it's appropriate at, at this Easter season. How many are thankful for Easter? We're so thankful to be here and have these meetings. And uh, um, I would like to sing this. I didn't exercise it, but I just want to sing from my heart for the glory. <clears throat> I don't know which key that is. Is it F? Could we? Is it F? Maybe in C? We'll give it a try. Uh, A? Sorry. The day before yesterday They crucified my Lord Beat him unmercifully, nailed him to a tree. The sky grew dark and the earth began to fall. People cried, surely we've crucified the Son of God. Why didn't we recognize the mighty God was here today? Shouldn't we have known 
had known him before our Lord had come and gone. Today a friend and I walk down the road. We didn't know our Lord had a And the man drew near and he spoke words so wise. He broke the bread and blessed it. An instant opened up our eyes. Why didn't we recognize the mind? God was here today. Did our hearts burn as He talked along the way? Shouldn't we have known? Shouldn't we have known? Wish we had known. Before our Lord had come and gone, I'm so glad I recognized the Son of Man appeared today. Doesn't our hearts burn as He talks along the way? Aren't you glad you know? tonight aren't you glad you know I'm so glad I know him should he come I will be gone hallelujah let's give the Lord praise he is wonderful hallelujah let's stand for the reading of the word and Let's go into the scripture. Thank you, Sister Becky. Let's go to the Bible in St. John 20. St. John chapter 20. And we'll read from the first verse. So good to see you, Brother Jason and family. Amen. I'm a bit confused. Uh, I thought for a moment I was in Idaho, but <laughs> well, the Lord bless you. <laughs> oh, thank you for helping me, Brother Barry. St. <laughs> John 20, verse uh, 1. So glad to see every one of you tonight and May the Lord also show himself as we break the bread of life. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it yet was dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. And she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, Peter 
and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and he came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, and following in him, he went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must be he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home, but Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? So he's saying exactly the same thing as the angels. Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said to him, Rabboni, which means, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet descended, not sorry, not yet ascended to my Father, but to go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Amen. Let's bow our head for a word of prayer. And uh, maybe if you have a need, you can just lift up your hand tonight and ask the Lord to come by your way and speak to you. That's what we all desire. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that I'm able to stand here, Lord, to stand with my brothers and sisters here and Hickory, with Brother Barry, Lord, and I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to glorify your name and worship you in your house, Lord, and Lord, to do something, Lord, to support your kingdom, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we all came to worship you and do our part, Lord, and Father, to lift up the hands of your minister here, Brother Barry, also, Lord, and we thank you for his life and ministry, 
and his testimonies that he, Father, is faithful all these years. And Father, we pray that you will bless him and bless this church. And may you minister to every need, Lord. You, you know the needs that are behind every hand, Lord. Even the hearts, Lord, that have uh, hidden things, Lord. May you just minister to every heart. And Lord, take myself out of the way and just speak through me by your Holy Spirit. I ask for your unction and your inspiration, Lord, and your guidance. We ask that you will bless the hearer and the speaker likewise, Lord, in Jesus' name. May you receive the glory and the honor as our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. I would like to, uh, for a title to tonight, speak on uh, this subject, Woman, Why Weepest Thou? Woman, Why Weepest Thou? As I just said to Brother Barry, I had everything prepared, but uh, this morning the Lord just moved my heart in this direction, and I believe he knows what he's doing. I don't know where this is going, but I trust the Lord. He is always faithful, even tonight. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, There is a time for everything. To everything there is a season. There is a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break up and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I believe we are still human beings, and it's, it's maybe, you're thinking that's logic, we are human beings, we are partially divine and partially human, but we're still on the earth. We still have a, f- a battle to fight, we still have to go through um, our testings, and we know we, as a bride of Christ, receive our judgment here on the earth. And, and it's not uh, the Lord wanting to punish us, but uh, Peter says it like this, that our trials are more precious than gold tried in the, in the fire. And we know, the, so our suffering is not without purpose, never, ever as a Christian. Maybe we don't understand the purpose. We don't see it many times, what is happening. We don't know where is this leading, But God, if we know God's nature, he will never let us, allow us to go through suffering in vain. Because he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. He gave the most valuable thing, his own life, to purchase you and I. So he doesn't allow us just, God never does nothing in vain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The prophet even speaks about it in in the seals and the thunders. They never just thundered in vain. They were spelling out something very clear. 
You know, and the prophet came to clarify what it is. Hallelujah. And I believe we are not mystery preachers. We are revelators. Hallelujah. We are speaking. And, and I remember in the beginning of my ministry, there was a precious brother from Africa. And he said, when we were just speaking, he said, Brother David, if you ever speak about mysteries, be sure by the end of the service that it is revealed to the people. <laughs> That's a good piece of advice, isn't it? So many times I, I didn't speak about subjects for years because I think it's important we we need to see it ourselves before we can minister to the people. So I don't claim to know very much, but the few things I know, I really enjoy to speak about it. So I want to do that tonight. Hallelujah. So to every time, to every, the Bible tells us that um, there is a time to weep and there is a time to laugh. There is a time to mourn and there is a time to dance. And, and God has appointed those times in your life. Amen. Amen. So I don't believe in a religion, listen closely, where we have to be mourning all the time, weeping all the time, complaining maybe, whatever, because it is just for a season. And as, as it is in nature, God destined and and. God orchestrated the seasons. Hallelujah. So he, and, and it's not that we can calculate like nature, well, every three months or four months, the seasons change. But in your life, there is different seasons. So um, I'm a down-to-earth Christian. I believe, I, I believe in the joy of the Lord. I believe in rejoicing in the Spirit. But uh, listen, we, we can jump so high, we can go in heavenly places, but I always say, we always come down on our two feet. We can be in heavenly places in church on Sunday, but Monday morning, we need something to go with us to our work, with the kids to school. Hallelujah. And so God is not, uh, he's not uh, a rude person. He he allows us to digest the things that come on our way. He allows us even to weep and to mourn. So we cannot be jumping and shouting all the time. Amen. As we cannot be weeping on one side, we cannot be. It's God who destines it to be. Listen in the story of Job, that he lost his family. He lost his finances. He lost everything that he built up, his his status, maybe his job, and everybody that came to him for advice, suddenly they, they said, oh, he's full of boils and everything. But there was a certain time and season to weep and to turn over stones and to think, Lord, what did I do? And, and, and listen, in that time where he was at its weakest, he didn't have so much support. Many people from the church tried to do something, but in a human way, but they made it even worse. Maybe you have secretly sinned. How quickly we are into, into the negative. You know, if something happens, well, maybe you've done something wrong. And, and, and you know, I think it comes from a, a wrong picture we have about our Heavenly Father. Because He's not a father like, like when a little baby grows up and now starts to walk and falls down 
He's not giving a big spanking because we try to walk. But he's an encouraging father. He, he, he helps us get up and he says, you're, you're doing great. Even when we fall as adults, he's saying, you're doing great. He wants you to grow. He wants your faith to grow. Hallelujah. He wants your mustard seed faith to grow into rapturing faith. And as, and, and as soon as you fall, maybe tonight or yesterday you fell or, or tomorrow, he's not a God that, that there comes a lightning from heaven and, and your hair is burning like judgment coming down. <laughs> But he's a loving father. Amen. And it's not that anything surprises him. Like now he falls. He knew already. He knows everything. Sure. So he... He knew the end from the beginning. He knows the seasons and the times in our lives. We may be surprised, but he never can be surprised. He never has a crisis meeting in heaven. <laughs> Is that, isn't that wonderful? It's never, oh, what should we do now? <laughs> but he's always got that smile. Like when, Even when, no matter what happens on the earth, the, the worst things and explosions and wars and everything and God and the prophet says God's clock is just ticking just right he has everything in his hands he's got the whole world in his hands and if you believe it or not but he's got you in his hands hallelujah so I believe God has destined the seasons in our lives let me give an example like The baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was looking, I had such a good time. I was looking up like for a human pregnancy, it's about nine months, generally speaking. People claim to have longer pregnancies, but that's mostly a mental disease. And it's nine months for a human being. And it might be a little bit early or a few days over, but it's not 18 months or so, whatever. You know, people in the spiritual tend to do the same thing, but God has a destined season. But the thing is, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we can never tag and say, well, at the age of 12, you will receive the Holy Spirit. At the age of 18. You know what? God has a specific time for everyone. And he has timed it to the very second, minute, hour, day. And it might be, we, we have a brother in our church a few years ago, He was in his 40s and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he had children. He went, he backslid. Uh, this is one of Brother Guido's son, Isaiah. He backslid for seven years or so. Married a wife in the world had, and, and uh, had children. And now the Lord baptizes him with the Holy Spirit. And now his wife, who came from the world, she's looking and She said, I got a brand new husband, and God started to work with her, and she got baptized a few years ago, and God filled her with the Holy Spirit, and she's on fire for the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Like, here is a brother that always went to church. His, his dad is a pastor, was a pastor and missionary and everything, but God has a time and a season for everything. Some people just receive it when... When a minister lays on hands, that's fine. Others receive it at the altar, that's fine. Some receive it while 
we're singing songs. Others in the room, when they're by themselves. What I love about God, there's not one testimony exactly the same as the other one. So it's God who controls the times and the seasons. We can apply it to every redemptive blessing. God can heal you on the spot. He's a miracle working God. But sometimes he will, uh, healing most of the times, the majority of the times, it is a process. Healing is a process. Divine healing is not always, most of the time it's not on the spot. It is a process. It takes days, weeks, months, maybe years. But God said, by my stripes, you are healed. Sometimes it takes the hands of a doctor. It's that man anointing. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's, it's, it's an eagle anointing. You just fly away and it's gone. But we cannot choose. We cannot order God. Now, I want to have a doctor now. Or I want a miracle. Sure, everybody wants the miracle. And it's all done, you know. But God has a time and a season for everything. Hallelujah. Now back to our story here. Mary, it's, it's a very familiar story. Here is Mary and she's looking and, and, and just think about the conditions. This is Easter time. It's a time of rejoicing because we celebrate that the Lord died and he was buried and he rose again. Amen. Aren't we thankful for that? Hallelujah. The, the way the prophet says, what an Easter that was, what an Easter this is. Because we know he's alive tonight. Hallelujah. But we know before that season of resurrection, before that season of rejoicing, there was a, a, one of the darkest hours for the church of that day. Peter had denied him three times. I don't know him. He even cursed the third time. I don't know him. The apostles, where were they? they were all gone. Suddenly, the brothers who were sitting on the platform, they were gone. The platform was empty. The church, they had no more services, everybody. They didn't dare to come together. So afraid. So it was not the ideal situation. It was quite the opposite. And the worst thing is that Jesus, who did all the miracles, who who broke the bread and multiplied it, and they saw him open the eyes of the blind and the lame walk, and they saw him even raise up Lazarus from the dead. And now they come and, and, and they see the spectacle of Jesus being crucified, and, and he is not even... So as the scripture said, he's not even opening his mouth as a lamb. As a lamb that is dumb for its shearers. They didn't understand. They didn't have the answer. And we see here Mary, and we know, woman, why weepest thou? The angels begin to tell her. The angels begin to tell her there's... One on each side of the tomb where Jesus had laid, empty tomb. And she doesn't have a revelation yet that Jesus has risen. So actually she's looking at the evidence of the resurrection. But her eyes are really blinded. 
And the angels try to minister to her and tell her, there's no reason to cry because the reason why you're crying, look in front, the evidence is right in front of you. But she's still in her carnal mind like somebody must have stolen, somebody must have taken him away. That's what the prophet says here in the greatest news flash in history. He says, the message is, he goes before us. He's not in a tomb behind us. He is before us, making a way. Hallelujah. We are to follow, not to look back to the tomb, but to look forward to where he is leading. Hallelujah. For he is our leader. We are to follow him not look back to the tombs. Mary that morning well represented the bewildered church. So we have a tendency as, as human beings, if we don't understand what's going on, we need some point of contact, some reference somewhere to hold on to. The first thing we do is go back to the past. Well, we've been in the past and this went wrong, and that went wrong, and, and we try to hold on the little things we know instead of trusting the Holy Spirit to go further. Because, listen, we are not backing up. It's not suddenly, oh, Brother Branham passed away, and it shifts back from the third pool to the second. That's not what I believe. But it's growing. It's, God is, the redemption is expanding. It's becoming greater and greater every day. But you know, the enemy tries to blind our minds, blind our thoughts. And you know, the prophet says it very clearly. It is a frog spirit, like the frog that jumps. It's a frog spirit always looking back to the past. Paul says these words, forgetting those things that are behind us. Hallelujah. I reach out, I stretch those things that are in front of me. I press towards the the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And it's a pressing. It's something like we have to put our energy into it. Naturally, we draw back if pressure comes. But God wants us to press on, to press the battle like never before. So here, woman, why weepest thou? it's, It's very simple, but I believe... The Lord wants to speak to you tonight. The woman represents a church. So Mary represents the church. And the prophet says, he calls it a bewildered church or bewildered. So it means, if I understood it correctly, that suddenly the church doesn't know what to do. there's, There's chaos. There's no leadership. Which direction should we go? But the answer is not in the tombs that are laying behind us. The answer is not in in all the things that happened in your past. Let me say it tonight. The past, your past ended last night. This is today. God is a God of the living. He is not a God of the dead. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said those words. Why seek ye living among the dead? The church thinks today, he goes on here, oh, there was a great historical Christ. He healed the sick. 
He could discern the thoughts of their heart. He was a historical Christ. He came to the multitude. He came to Peter. And he said to Peter, his name was Simon. And uh, the son, your father's name was Jonas. Oh, sure, that was Jesus who did that. It was the sign of the Messiah according to the scripture, what the prophet says. He says, when Paul was brought before Agrippa, he said, I've only preached that which, which Moses and the prophets would, uh, said would come to pass. Why would you condemn me? And he said, is, is it a strange thing for you, O Agrippa, to believe in the resurrection of the dead? Because Paul understood this, this case you're making, this opposition that's coming, the fact is just, it, the main thing is about the resurrection. This is the main thing. You know, this is what makes us different from any other religion. Um, maybe there's a religion that even claimed the resurrection and incarnation and those stuff. But we are the only ones who have our leader who has left the tomb. There is an empty tomb. All of the others are still in the tomb. But our leader is alive and well tonight. Hallelujah. He says it here. I believe it was about 70% of the Protestants didn't ever believe in the physical resurrection or the literal coming. That was 61. Imagine tonight what it would be like. They simply denied it. He says many of them, thousands of them denied a virgin birth. We don't. We believe it with all of our hearts. Hallelujah. We believe it's the perfect interpretation of the word of God. The word of God said 700 years before, a virgin shall conceive. And God didn't have to make it complicated. He fulfilled his word. That's the way of interpreting his word. Hallelujah. He says, no wonder here, they've took away my Lord. Why? They have to. If you can't believe in the physical resurrection, then you cannot preach a Christ that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So every time we preach, there is resurrection power. Amen. How many believe there's resurrection power in this message? That's the core of the message. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is alive. He's still working. He's still filling with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's still healing the sick. He's still doing miracles. He's still calling people from every nation and every tribe. He says, no wonder. He says, if you cannot take his word, then what about it? He says, we make ourselves unbelievers and infidels. No wonder the little church cries, where is my Lord? Where is the God of history? Where is Jesus that was, that said he would be with us, that he would always go before us, and he'd be in us to the end of the world, the works that he did? Honestly, tonight, how many people have ever asked that question in your life? Where is the Lord? Where is the God of Elijah? What if Brother Branham would be here? Haven't we all thought, thought those thoughts? Amen. Many times. Where is God in all of this? When everything goes wrong and we have no explanation and, 
and, and everything is in chaos. There's no answers. And we go to people and they just shake their head and I don't know. I don't know. Where is the Lord in all of this? He says here in God's provided way, God recommends this for his children, for his believing children. Not intellectual speeches, not some great theology to teach. He wants you to cry for your needs. That's right, cry for it. If you're too stiff and starchy, you'll never get it. If you're ready to limber yourself up and a little, a little and cry, God will give it to you. That sounds very infant-like, but it's still the truth. It doesn't matter if we are so long in the message. It doesn't matter whether we are a preacher or not. We, God wants us to cry. Hallelujah. Not just for the sake of the emotion or whatever. He wants us to cry out. Not, he, wants, he loves to hear us say, Lord, I need you. I'm depending on you. Hallelujah. I, I love this psalm. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's really means a lot to me. Psalm 42, you know it very well, where David says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsted for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Listen what he says. My tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say to me, where is thy God? Hallelujah. This is the same situation. Mary is looking and where is Jesus? David is saying the same thing. You know, Satan doesn't come when you're feeling good, when you're at your strongest, but when you're at your weakest. Then he's coming and saying, where is your God? Where is this God you... You, you read about in the Bible, where is he? Maybe he was there, but where is he in your life? Young people, where, where is he with the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you tonight, he's here. He's in the midst of his people. But he was crying so much till he says, my tears have been my meat. In other words, he was crying so hard that his tears run into his mouth. He was tasting the salt of his own tears. When people said continually, where is thy God? As they said to Job, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. And he goes on, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And he goes on, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. So no, David wasn't always on the mountaintop. No, David wasn't dancing all the time. <laughs> and, and David wasn't ashamed to present his tears before God. But now he, he finds his strength in the Lord and he's, he, he begins to preach to his own soul. He says, something is wrong here. You're crying. 
and, and people are attacking you. And he says, oh, my soul, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. In other words, he shall come and help me and deliver me. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down with me. And here comes the scripture that Brother Branham preached about. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Now, when we hear that deep calling to the deep, we, we often think so directly, well, there's a deep to respond, there's a deep to answer. But let me tell you, it's the deepest moments of your life. Hallelujah. It, it, sometimes we, we go over things so quickly, but at the deepest point of our life, God has the deepest answers for your life. Amen. And he goes on, and why art thou cast down, O my soul, he repeats, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. That's what we need to do. When we don't feel like praising him, praise him anyway. Hallelujah. When you're at the saddest moment, praise him anyway. You know, the most beautiful worship is when you're at your lowest, in the lowest, dirtiest prison. Like Paul and Silas, they started to worship. And, and they had, uh, humanly speaking, it must have sounded so stupid to the other prisoners. What are they doing? Maybe they, they even mocked them. But they knew God was in control. See, the most beautiful sacrifice of praise we can give is when we don't feel like it. Hallelujah. And to go on, he says, God recommends this cry for it. He says, if you you're, cry your needs to God, he likes to hear his children cry. That's the, his provided way. Huh. 64. For those who believe that uh, before and after the seals, there's two testaments. <laughs> I, I love it when the prophet goes so deep and then suddenly he preaches these things and because it's where we live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says that's the way he wants you to cry. Cry how long? How long does a baby cry? Until he gets satisfied. Hallelujah. Only Jesus has the satisfying portion. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Hallelujah. He's got something that no alcohol, no drugs, or no, nothing not of the world's pleasures can offer. Hallelujah. There's a satisfaction. Hallelujah. That nothing in this world can give. There's a satisfaction and when we come to God and start to cry and cry our needs and he starts to answer and minister back to us. He loves it. Hallelujah. He says, cry out till it's answered. Cry out till you see God vindicate his word. When God vindicates his words and proves it's here, then you don't have to cry no more. Hallelujah. You got it. Walk away and thank him for it. And it says, until you do that, scream out till you get it. 
Hallelujah. If you desire the Holy Spirit, just keep crying. Hallelujah. Just say, Lord, I believe it's a promise in your word. Hallelujah. I've repented. I've, I've, I've been baptized. You said it. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I believe you. I take you at your word. I like that. He says persistent, holding on. Not a hybrid plan. Not one that has to be babied and padded and packed around. Christians are real, genuine, born articles of God. They fight for their position. They fight till they're finished on this earth. Every move of it is a fight. How many can relate to that? Hallelujah. Listen, Paul had to fight. You might say, oh, Paul had the pillar of fire. He had the anointing. You, you know what? He was crying out to God. And he said, I had an angel to buffet me. If I understand well, that's to hit with fists. If I'm right, to buffet. It's, it's to punch him in the face. And he says, three times I asked the Lord to remove it from me. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We hear about the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. You see the whole list. They quenched the fire. They were sawn apart. They were thrown before the lions. But then there's a little verse in between that says, in weakness they were made strong. It's, you know what it is? It's when we pray and nothing comes. When we ask God and we don't hear his voice and he says it's at those moments that you are strong. You might say, well, you don't feel like it at all. But your feelings can sometimes bring you the wrong path. You know what? Jesus, when he stood at the, at the grave of Lazarus. And Mary, she came down where Jesus was and fell at his feet. And, and she started to say, Lord, if you would have been here... My brother wouldn't have died. And now Jesus sees Mary. She is weeping at his feet. And the Jews around are weeping. He groaned in his spirit, the Bible says. And he was troubled. Just imagine, he knew the things that would... He knew Lazarus was, was going to raise up from the dead. But still he was so much moved with compassion. He was troubled in his spirit and he sees the Jews weeping. He sees Mary at his feet weeping and he says, where have you laid him? And he said, Lord, come and see. And here comes the shortest, shortest verse in the whole Bible. Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. If you are going through a season like that, those two words, you know... Sometimes your mind can be so oppressed that you cannot take 
the big quotes and all the things. But those two little words at those moments should mean everything to you. Jesus wept. Like it's not a shame to weep. For you brothers, it's, it, it's not a shame to show emotions. It doesn't mean, you know, what the world tries to picture today uh, and exaggerate and emphasize. But Jesus wept. He was a man, but he wept. He was moved with compassion. He loved Lazarus. And now he knows God in the flesh. Now he, firsthand, he knows what it feels like to be in a body that is getting older, that can get sick and everything. And he's standing there and he feels the hopelessness as a human being. But he wasn't just a human being. He was God at the same time. He was a human when he wept. But when he stretched those little shoulders back and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Let me tell you, the season of crying and weeping was over. But Jesus had to weep before that. At the darkest hour, let me tell you, at your weakest time. When Jesus overcame the tempter, the enemy, when you're at your weakest, when he was fasting 40 days and nights, he was at his weakest. Then Satan came. Satan will come when we're at the weakest. And he will come and try to tempt as he did with with Jesus. But let me tell you, Jesus could have used his power. He could have used his authority. He could have destroyed the devil right there. But he didn't do it. Why? He wanted to give you and I an example. He just used the word of God. It is written. And the prophet says it like this. And when he spoke, it is written. It was like a 10,000 volt cable. Hallelujah. (laughs) It is written. It is written. He said that kind of singed his feathers. Hallelujah. So if he attacked our leader, the Lord Jesus, he will certainly not hold back on you and I. But he wants to, Jesus wants to show us one thing. When we are at our weakest point, where we are crying, we don't know the solution. He says, it's not you tr- trying to draw something from heaven, show something and show your authority or your faith or whatever. He says, it will fail. But he gave you the word of God. It is written. And the prophet says it like this. He did it because the weakest of believers could take the word and defeat the enemy. Imagine the weakest in our midst. The Lord gave this example so simply. Sometimes, sometimes the devil can make us all feel like we're the weakest. You know, but Jesus gave us a simple solution. Take the word of God. Take the word of God. And the Bible says, if you resist the enemy, he shall flee from you. There's a beautiful story in, in the beginning of Uh, Samuel, the book of Samuel about Hannah in the temple is very well known and there is Eli the priest and you know she couldn't give uh, she couldn't give a child to her husband Elkanah and and she was crying and here is 
Here is her husband saying, why weepest thou? Why are you not eating? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better than ten sons? And, and you see, Hannah, she had a desire to bring forth, to, to give birth to a son. And she prayed to the Lord. And I find it so beautiful throughout the whole scripture where, where women, uh, their wombs were closed. God did the most supernatural things in their lives. Look to Sarah. They had a visitation from the angel, and, and we know by the message that God changed their body of Sarah and Abraham back to young people. But she had to suffer 25 years. And everybody asking, where is thy God? Where is thy God? And they had their baby room and everything. I said, it's going to come. It's going to come. I believe it. And, and you, know, the, you know, if you read the Bible... It wasn't only Sarah who laughed at the promise of God, but Abraham also did. You, you read it in the Bible, and oh, he's saying, oh, he's praying to the Lord, oh, may Ishmael stand before your, for your face. But he said clearly, through Sarah, you will have a son. And it, you know, God, in the deepest of trials, in the most impossible situation, God is there and he wants to do, he's building a miracle in your life. We, we have a brother Joshua in our church, brother Guido's son. He, we prayed with him at, at the very early years, maybe 17 years ago or so, when he came, started coming to our church. And they couldn't have children. And we prayed for them. And, and uh, the whole struggle, you know, of, of uh, fertility and all the things they had to go through with their first child. And you know what? The doctor said it's impossible. And, and, and they were in stress. And, and, and his dear wife, all the things they had to go through. Let me tell you, we prayed for them. And they had a second child without any medical things. God just gave it naturally. That is the God that we serve. Hallelujah. But we see here Eli as a type of a priest that is, is, is uh, getting dull or get, uh, going off the road. And, and, and here is Hannah so much in suffering that she cannot pronounce her words anymore. She's just mumbling and he's wondering, are you drunk? Sometimes we can so be overtaken by grief. And I say, God, help us that we never harden our hearts to people who are suffering. Amen. Amen. Let us never harden our hearts, whatever happens to those who are going through a weeping season, to a season of sickness, severe sickness, or maybe a child going into the world, or maybe a loved one passing away. Or maybe a business that is not succeeding and a job that is lost. May we never come to that place where we are so hardened in our hearts that we feel we've got it all together. And, and, and we just look from our throne downwards to where people are in a sorrowful spirit. We are the body of Christ. If one member suffers, we all suffer. Hallelujah. 
And so Hannah was a woman of sorrowful spirit. And she said, I didn't drink no, no wine or strong drink, but I have poured my soul out before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. So here she's speaking, and, and we know she, the Lord will answer her cry, and Samuel, a mighty prophet, will be born. You see, God just doesn't do things like that, but it's many times, most of the times, through difficulty, through dark times, through trials, through tribulation, opposition. It's so often, as the prophet says, in those crossroads, times of seasons of change. You can see it in, in the natural. A child that is growing up as a little joyful ch child and suddenly they come on at the age of adolescence and suddenly there comes an identity crisis. You see today how Satan misuses that time. And he comes in and instead of solving the crisis, he brings more crisis, more confusion about the identity. Yeah. Right? You know what we're talking about. But the Lord wants us to be sure and established in our identity, in our position in Him. But in these times where between the two, like it's the child is not an adult yet. It's, it's still a child. And in between, Satan can come in so oft. You don't feel part of the, the little children, not the adults. You're not allowed to go with the adults. You know, our sisters going through that period and the menopause is the same thing so often. You hear one after the other in the prayer line, menopause and and. and the time of life, the seasons that change. And so many of those precious sisters, maybe their sisters tonight going through that. It's a time of change and Satan takes advantage of your weakness. And you can see that when, when the discernment starts, I was listening in the hotel to that where the, where the prophet spoke like to several women like that. And he says... Yeah, it's, it's the time of life. It's just menopause. But it caused you, uh, your, your stomach to have problems and your heart. So all the other negative things are just coming from, he's saying, it's just the time of life. It's just the season that you're in. And they get healed instantly. Amen. The truth shall set you free. So he's not standing there, I curse this menopause. You understand? <laughs> it's just a season of life. It's very normal. But you know what, sisters? Even in that period of life, God is faithful to carry you through. He sees your tears. Even when your husband doesn't understand you, he understands But you know, it, it happens in the church. We had it in our church, the transition time where, where our pastor, Brother Albert, came of age and, with, and troubles. And here comes another ministry in behind. And, and the church doesn't know what to do. So there's a transition. And that's where Satan comes in. And he wants to divide the sheep. 
And, and the prophet says it so clearly. We are not building a wall. We are building a building like this one. So it means we have to make angles. Everybody, it's so easy. Let's just go on the same way we were. But you see it even in the Exodus. They didn't go in a straight line. God let them up and then back down and back, and then run around the mountain they went until the Lord said, rise up and go northward. There's no logic whatsoever. He just wanted to teach them to follow the Lord. So we are not building a wall, but a building. And I was thinking of that. We, we know the wailing wall in Jerusalem there. You know, the wall wasn't built with the purpose of wailing there. It's just the remaining wall of the, of, of the temple. But the, the, the Jews actually, it's, it's like they externalized their feelings. God was there in the past. And where is God now? They're wailing. I'm so thankful we don't have to go to a wailing wall. God sent us a prophet. And we know where we're standing. This word is preparing us for the rapture. But it takes a real stonemason to build this building. And the building is not a building like we have tonight, but it's the bride of Jesus Christ. You and I are the living stones. But as we see in the natural processes, in nature, in, in the biological processes, in, 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 in the trees, and it, it all happens in seasons. And God does spectacular things. The sun rises up in the morning, and we, we have one bucket of water, and it makes so much noise. But God does magnificent things. God does miraculous things every day. But do we have our eyes open or are, have we become numb to the God of creation? And the prophet says it even about the nat- natural conception, nat- natural birth. He says it's even more uh, wonderful than the spiritual birth. He says it's more glorious in that way. If you look to it, uh, how, how the sperm and the egg come together and the wonder of creation that God has given. Hallelujah. But you see, it's not that the baby suddenly is there, but there is a season for it. And in the beginning, it's, it's not, we don't see anything happening, but the word of God is like a seed. So you don't see, if you start to claim your healing, you don't see it right away. But something is growing like a little baby. There is a pregnancy And one day it will give birth to a complete healing. Hallelujah. Paul says it like this in Romans 8. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So he says it has to come through suffering. Because God wants to reveal his glory in you. Brother Tim. Hallelujah. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who had subjected the same hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. 
Hallelujah. It's a promise he gave. You shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Glorious liberty of the children of God. You might say, I'm still bound by, maybe you're bound by lust. Maybe you're bound by a besetting sin or whatever. But God has promised you, you shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. God is using this for his glory. And you might say, well, did God, uh, did God put this on my way? No, God doesn't. It's the tempter. It's, and sometimes, as, as James says, it's because of the desires of your own heart. So we don't have to blame God. Because God allows things to happen to show that our heart needs a cleansing. And the whole, and the, he goes on, he says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. So it's not just you and your situation, but the whole creation is suffering, is crying, is groaning, is travailing, that the sons and the daughters of God may be manifested. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves, we groan within ourselves. Waiting for the adoption. So no, it's not seven days a week shouting and jumping and I have the victory. But it's very normal. The Bible says we groan in ourselves. There is a groaning. The more and more we look to the world and the condition it's in. The wars and the rumors of wars. Politics corrupted to the core. We see and and the West and the East we, we see as in the statue, the two feet, they won't mix. Whatever will happen, they won't mix. And we live in the time where that rock will come down and destroy it all. And so we feel the pressure of it's a season of change because we know that God is about to change these vile mortal bodies. We're about to step into another body. So the pressure is building up. And, and we are going through things like we never thought we are going through. But let me tell you, God is faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. We can look to an empty tomb. And I hope we're not blind like Mary. And, but there's angels tonight saying, why are you weeping? Do you know, like there's angels tonight here. There's angels when you're at home, when you're suffering, when you're going through your hard times. There's angels that are trying to pull you to in, in the, the right direction. They want to encourage you. If you could see into another dimension tonight. They are speaking to your hearts. To your lives. And they are saying. Why are you weeping? There is an empty tomb. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you. When God stays silent. Then Satan starts to speak. But when God stays silent, it doesn't mean he has forgotten you. Hallelujah. We cry and, and we, we've heard it. It's, it's the way God wants us to cry. But he doesn't always answer directly. He's looking to us. He's looking to our reaction. He, he's looking whether we really mean it. You know, Isaiah 49, 13 says, Sing, O heavens, O and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord has 
comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. How many times we are in that spot. The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, God is speaking here, yet I will not forget thee. Isn't that wonderful tonight? Hallelujah. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hand. Thy walls are continually before me. Thy wailing walls, so to say. But he has engraved you in his hand palms. He says here in the message, I've heard, but now I see. Now we find that in those hours of real stress, how many has ever gone through that? Hours of real stress. Amen. All of us. Many times. Myself also. He says, we find that those hours of real stress, that's usually, usually when the Spirit of God moves in. Huh? I thought it was when we shouted the victory and when, when, when we sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. He says, in those hours of real stress. You know, we all have to go through stress. The young children go through it. The parents go through it. The, the grandparents, the married the single ones, we all go through those hours of stress. And he says that's usually where the Spirit of God comes in. Hallelujah. He let the Hebrews' children walk right into the fiery furnace before he ever moved a hand. And this is what I like, how simple it may sound. But when he moves, he moves. <laughs> Hallelujah. When he moves, he moves. <laughs> Then he gets out all the helicopters, all the fighter jets, all the tanks and everything, atomic bombs. And he destroys the enemy and he takes the glory for himself. Here in the position in Christ, he says, speaking about Moses. Moses lost all the hopes and all the power that he had, thinking that freedom wasn't for the children of Israel. So you see, even the leadership goes through those hours of stress. Amen. Here is Moses. He goes, and, uh, he, he thought that he had lost the freedom and the power. He lost all thoughts of freedom till God met him one day at the burning bush. He says, and then when God's season came along just exactly, remember, 40 years. 40 years. Here is the same man, and this is a, one of the greatest mysteries. Why did God allow all those men in the Bible, Joseph, maybe 13 years or 17 years, to be thrown in the pit, sold into slavery, go into Potiphar's house, be falsely accused, be thrown into prison, and then one day he comes from the prison to the throne. All the tears, all the suffering. It's not in vain. God has a purpose. Why did, why did David have to run for so 17 years or so from Saul? Such a long time. He could have been on the throne. And, and why? I, I, I asked myself that question. Like 
all the things in the ministry we had to go through and struggle. But let me tell you, it's not without purpose. God is molding you. He's, he wants to see his own reflection in your life. Remember, as it was with Elisha, he didn't adapt the coat to Elijah, the second-handed rope. But he's, Elisha had to grow into the coat of Elijah. And that's what we need to do tonight. Elijah is gone, but God wants us to have a character to take that mantle upon us. Hallelujah. Moses tried in himself and he failed. That's what the church has done many times. We've tried in ourselves to do things when we fail to find God's element of time. That's pretty unspectacular, isn't it? <laughs> like he, we are missing it. In other words, to find that God is ordaining the times and the seasons in our lives. You know, we, we can start shouting and saying, I got it, I got it. It's good if we really believe it. We should confess the truth. But let me tell you, God has his time and his season. He says God's had a time for all things. He's got a time. We plant corn. We have a time to do it. And then at the time we harvest corn, spring rain comes, the drought through the summer, the fall rains, the snows. He says you just can't say I plant my wheat today and tomorrow and go out and harvest it. God has times for seasons. He has seasons for his word. He has times in the scripture here where it said, and the presence of the Lord was there to heal the sick. That's when Jesus was ministering too. At the presence of the Lord was there to heal the sick. Maybe at other times the presence of the Lord, listen, this is the prophet speaking. Maybe at other times the presence of the Lord wasn't there to heal the sick. Sick, And we find out that God works everything seasonally. And now when Moses, he failed to find what the time limit of God was. You see, he killed an Egyptian. That's all what happened. One dead, and, and the prophet says it like that. That was the result. One stinking dead Egyptian. Because it wasn't the right time yet. He goes on here. Then when God revealed himself to him in the burning bush. He found out then that the very thing that was in the burning bush. Was the thing that he lacked. Hallelujah. I believe tonight the very thing that we need. That we are lacking is in the burning bush. Is in the presence of the Holy Spirit. But you can yell and shout and cry, but it is God who has ordained that burning bush somewhere on your road. Yes, he says, I think that's a whole lot with us today. Many times we try to do the programs ourselves and fail to get, get what was in the burning bush. The direct revelation of the will and the time of God. Here is the same God. 
here is the same Moses. And he's standing in front of the Red Sea. And the people start to weep and cry. And Moses starts to weep and cry. Lord, what should we do? Like here he is with his church. Remember, it, it, it was like two million people. Here he's standing and everybody's crying and crying and wailing. And Moses starts to cry out to God. And God answers and he says, why are you crying? Speak and go forward. It's like he must have been confused. Like There is a time to cry and there's a time to speak. Hallelujah. And, and, and he asked this question like, woman, why weepest thou? Not only the angels, but now the Lord himself, the Lord Jesus, stands in front of Mary. Look, she's looking to an empty grave. And now the one who is risen stands there and he starts to speak. But she is so overcome with grief. Hallelujah. But she doesn't understand there's a new season that's dawning. The season of weeping is over. Now the resurrection and life is standing in front of her. And he's saying the exact same things as the two angels. Why weepest thou? That's so often. What if the Lord would ask you that question? We would be quick to answer like, why? He's asking as if he didn't know. He knows everything. So he's not asking why because he wants to know. But he wants you to know the reason that is behind it. Why are you weeping? So he wants her to think it's another season. Hallelujah. So there's no more need to cry. So God doesn't ask why because he doesn't know what you're going through. He's not saying why because he wants to know all your troubles and every little detail. He knows what you're going through. His eyes run to and fro over all the earth. He sees every move. Remember those four anointings around the throne. They have eyes within and behind and in the middle. It means they see what is in the past, what is in the future, and what is today. God sees. The working of the Holy Spirit sees what you're going through. Hallelujah. He knows. His eyes see you day and night. His eyes see you in the middle of night crying. His eyes see you when you worry and think about What's going to happen with my children? His eyes see you when maybe some of the children are backslidden. He knows your tears. He knows what it's like. The Bible says he is a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of your infirmities. You know why? Because he stood there at the grave of Lazarus. He knew what it felt like. He became one of us. He suffered. He suffered sickness. He suffered Sadness, he, I, I believe he suffered everything that a man can go through. He knows, he sees, he feels. I'm so glad there is a high priest sitting at the right hand of God that can be touched by your weaknesses, by the feelings of our infirmities. Not when we feel strong, but when we feel weak. He has a feeling for us when nobody cares, he cares. When we cry out and say, God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He cried out as a man, but he was achieving the greatest victory ever brought. God is asking this question, why are you weeping? 
It's almost like God is calling you back to His promise in His Word. It's not going to stay like this forever. You're not going to keep crying forever. You're not going to keep begging forever. Somewhere along the road, Jesus is standing. Somewhere in the darkest hours, Jesus is standing in the shadows of your trial. Hallelujah. I say, Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes to the empty tomb. Open our eyes to a resurrected Jesus Christ. Remember, it wasn't Peter. It wasn't even John. But he came to Mary, who was weeping. He comes to a weeping church, a suffering woman. And he's speaking these words. Remember the promise. I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will send my Holy Spirit. The Comforter will come. Remember, why is it the Comforter? Because we would need comfort. The Holy Spirit is our Comforter in our troubles and trials. And he said, I will come to you. I will come to the door of your heart. I will come through your tears. I will come in your darkest hour. So God, like Job, there was a season of sitting on his ash heap and, and wailing and crying. But at God's appointed time, he called out and he said, Job, stand up. Gird yourself like a man. I want to speak to you. Where were you when the sons of God shouted for joy? Hallelujah. And the stars clapped their hands together for joy. Where were you? God said, Job, the season of mourning is over. The time of rejoicing has come. I say, Lord, take us away from the wailing walls. Take us away from all those past memories. Take us away from the sadness and the troubles. Bring us to a land with Nehemiah and Ezra where God begins to restore the walls and not just wail. Well, this happened in the time of Brother Branham. This happened when our, our older pastor was there and the good old days. Let me tell you, there's still good old days today. Yeah. Hallelujah. God is still the same. I said, God, God's give us more Nehemiahs and Ezra's today that say, everybody in front of you, build a piece of the wall. You build a door. You build maybe a steeple. Whatever the Lord puts in your hand, let's build the walls. Let, let's bring the restoration. Hallelujah. This is a message of restoration. Hallelujah. I will restore, saith the Lord. I love this scripture. I say it so many times to... We, we have a sister in our church sitting in a, she's laying in a bed. She has very severe multiple sclerosis. And we are still claiming her healing year in, year out. You know, we claim this promise. I will restore all the years, the Lord says. He is counting the years, the months, the hours of your trial. And he says, I'm going to give it back to you. Hallelujah. We have a, uh, and my niece, my all, older brother, there's a, a girl, and 
and the Lord has delivered her from anorexia and from smoking and everything. And, and, and a few years ago, she left home and, and, and lives in Jordan with, with a man there she met on the internet. We are still believing the Lord for her. And I, we claim this promise that the promise of the Holy Spirit is not just for your sons and daughters, but, but also for them that are far off. The, the worst cases in this church, you say, hopeless case. The promise is to them that are far off. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stop wailing at our wall. There is a promise to possess. Amen. Jesus has risen. He is the same. The most impossible case he is able to solve. Nothing is impossible with the Lord. Hallelujah. Unbelief doesn't hinder him. All the unbelief that the church of that day went through of the apostles and Peter denying and the leaders of the church walking away like cowards, didn't know what to do, had no answer. Let me tell you, Jesus rose from the grave still, no matter what people did. Let me tell you, there will still be a rapture. There will be a people that will be changed. Hallelujah. There will be a bride. Let me tell it tonight, there is a bride preparing for that moment. Oh, yes, we go through wailing and suffering. We go through trials and tribulations. But it only brings us closer to the Lord. It only makes us more victorious. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The Bible tells us in Luke Chapter 8, the daughter of Jairus. And, and listen, there is a time Jesus was weeping. And he was weeping with the Jews and with Mary at the grave of Lazarus. But there is a time where Jesus had to put away with all the wailing and the weeping. And he comes into the house of Jairus. And, and the Bible says, and all wept and bewailed her, the daughter of Jairus. And he said, weep not. She is not dead, but she's only sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And the Bible says he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, maid, arise. Which means, little girl, arise. I say, God help us. God help us to put all the wailing and bewailing. Here is a little girl as a type of the, the next generation, the church of tomorrow that needs the Holy Spirit. Our young people that need the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to wail about how bad the conditions in Laodicea are. God has an answer. The word meets the condition of the day. This message has everything it in it for the present day conditions and for tomorrow. I know what it's like. We have children. Even here in the hotel, I was on my knees crying to the Lord that, at the convention. And I said, Lord, touch them. I don't know what will happen. The Lord knows, but I'm praying. I'm before his face because, you know, God gave me the children. And I want to take my responsibility and do everything I can. said, Lord, help us 
that we don't keep wailing and weeping. But the resurrection and life is among us. Jeremiah 8.22 says, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician? Why then is not the health of my daughter, of my people, the daughter of my people recovered? So God is asking this question. I've gave you everything. Why? In other words, the sickness will come, troubles will come, but God has the answer for your life. Hallelujah. He has something to heal. There is a balm in Gilead. We can, you know, when your kids grow up, you can stand there and put them in an iron harness. They have to fall down and hurt their knees and then come crying to mommy. But after a while, it's, it's okay now. Mommy has put some balm on it. It's okay. That's what God has to do with us. It's okay. It's okay. But I still see the bleeding. It will stop bleeding. It will heal. But I still have negative thoughts. It's okay. It's going to heal. Let the Holy Spirit just put that balm on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a story in the Bible. I, 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 it really spoke to me when I was at the deepest in, in the ministry in difficult times. And, you know, it's not always... It's not always that the people are cheering, and, but when the church goes through a lot of difficulties and trials, sometimes the sheep can turn against the pastor. Sometimes they are so overwhelmed by grief and by pain, and, and it becomes a bitterness. And, and if we are not careful, then, then it, takes, it, it can really take over a church. And I, I, I remember years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart from... from from this scripture, 1 Samuel 30. And, and here is David coming back. He's not king yet, but he's coming back from the battle with all uh, his troop. And, and uh, they lived in, in uh, Ziklag was, was the city. And they come back and they see a big smoke in the air. And, and their village, the place where they lived with their families, was burned down. And the wives and the children, the sons were gone and the daughters taken captive and 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 David and the people that were with him they started to lift up their voice and weep and the bible says until they had no more power to weep have you ever been there i i don't know why but i believe somebody tonight needs this here because the lord put it so much upon my heart have you ever wept so much until you have no power to weep anymore? Then there's no words anymore you can pronounce. That you weep so deeply that there's no, you, you feel like everything is lost. There's no power. This is where David was. His wives were taken captive too. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. And the reason is that the Bible says, because the soul of all the people was grieved. And every man for his sons and his daughters. But here is the answer, brother, sister. It doesn't stay there. David was crying till he had no more strength. And now he sees everybody's crying. And the crying becomes bitterness and the bitterness becomes anger. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Hallelujah. I love this. He didn't stay there on the, 
on the weeping bench, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. When you go through your trials, brother, sister, the Lord wants to encourage you. He wants to be your courage. Hallelujah. And then he asked the Lord, shall I pursue? And the Lord says, you shall pursue. That's what we need to do. It's not just run out, but we need to ask the Lord for his leadership. Shall I pursue? And you can see it in David's life. I love it so much. Every time he goes out, should I go? And sometimes the Lord says, no. And sometimes the Lord says, you are going, shows the strategy. You're going to this place and and put an ambush. So we need to be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our deepest trials. We're coming to the end here tonight. But here is another beautiful type of you and I. is John the Revelator in the book of Revelation. And the question is asked by a strong angel in heaven. Who is worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereof? And John looks around and he saw no man in heaven, no one on the earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book neither to look thereon. And John said, John is a type of you and I. Amen? He says, I wept much. Isn't that incredible? God is showing the revelation of himself. And here, he doesn't understand what's going on. I wept much because no man was found worthy to open the book and read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, I wonder, Brother Barry, if that wasn't Brother John himself in the vision. That part, that God part, remember, he, he was one of, of those elders. One of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold the line of the tribe of Judah. The root of David prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. You might say that's, that's doctrine, and let me tell you, that's the doctrine of your life. You know, the Holy Spirit is the seal by which we are sealed until the day of redemption. If God can show you, no one is worthy. You're not worthy yourself, even. John wasn't worthy. But there is someone who is worthy. You're not worthy to be healed. You're not worthy to receive the Holy Spirit. You're not worthy to receive forgiveness for the worst of your sin. But there's one who took your blame and your shame. He brought it to Calvary. And he died with your sin. And he rose again without it. Isn't that wonderful? Here is a resurrected Christ. And when he died, our sins died with him. We died with him. Hallelujah. I believe God is speaking in it. He's saying those words, weep not, John, weep not, church. The lion of the tribe of Judah, he has prevailed. He has gotten the victory over your problem. He's got the answer for every aspect of your life. 
Hallelujah. Isaiah says it like this. And remember, Jesus read this in the temple. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Isn't that wonderful? Special, special treatment for the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And there we know it stops. And here comes a prophet in our age. And he says, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. Just like Jesus did, exactly like that. And we know it wasn't Brother Branham, but it was the Lord God, the Son of Man ministry, speaking through those. And here he comes and the, the day of vengeance of our God. This is the day we are living in. We see it's not yet a vengeance, but we, we see it's heading up to judgment. Amen. To comfort all that are mourn. So we see in the days of Jesus, it's already that he says, I bind up the brokenhearted and the opening of the prison. And now in our age where a prophet says this part, he says, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn into Zion. To give them unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Healing words tonight. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If somebody has a spirit of heaviness to, tonight, I say the Lord God is giving you a change of clothes. Put on your garments of praise. He said that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The Bible says for the 144,000, and God shall wipe all tears from their eyes. The Bible says it also for the, we know that's the Jews, in Revelation 7, 17, but Revelation 21 it says again, verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. You might say that's the future, brother. Let me tell you tonight, God has always been in the business of making things new. I am a new creation. I am a brand new man. You might say we've gone through difficulties and tears and trials and tribulations. But Mary, why weepest thou? Woman, why weepest thou? There's an empty grave. There's a resurrected Lord Jesus standing in our midst. Hallelujah. He wants to show himself alive to you. He wants to be so personal to you. He wants to show that he's still the same. He cares about you. Why weepest thou? Let me tell you, like in Songs of Solomon, winter has passed. The rains are coming. The birds are singing. Arise, my love, and come away. The season of singing has come. 
Hallelujah. May God grant it to every one of you. If you're going through a difficult time, let me tell you, it's just a season. Somewhere along the line, you will hear that voice speak. You think it's just the gardener, but somewhere the Holy Spirit will step in and he will call you by your name, Mary. And then she knew it was Jesus. Hallelujah. Somewhere along in your difficult hour, in the darkest hour, Jesus is standing by. Let's just bow our heads as a musician comes. God bless you tonight. You've been listening and pulling so wonderfully. God bless you tonight. Jesus, we, Lord Jesus, we come to you and we thank you for this evening, Lord. We thank you for speaking to our hearts from your word, Lord. Lord, we want to remember what you have done. Lord, you took your time not just to go to Peter or John or the others, but you took your time for a little insignificant woman who was weeping. Father, you first showed yourself to her. I believe there's a little bride here that is a part of your economy, part of your body, Lord. I don't know what is going on in the hearts of these people tonight, Lord. But I believe you have spoken to several needs in the lives, Lord. Because your word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the hearts, Lord. I can only swing the sword, Lord, but you can point it right to the heart of the enemy. Father, we pray, may the Holy Spirit just search every heart, every soul. Lord, you know the suffering that is here tonight. You know the struggles this church is going through. Maybe it's a, a mother or a father, Lord. Maybe it's a young man struggling with sin and not being able to get loose from those bounds, Lord. Father, we pray on. I pray with all I have in my heart. Give us this simple revelation that why are you weeping? Why are you crying? There's an empty grave. There's a risen Lord Jesus Christ. He is the same tonight as he ever was. And he can be touched by the feelings of our weaknesses. Maybe we are so much ashamed of ourselves that we may, maybe we're blinded by clouds and maybe we can we can rise up out of the darkness. Maybe there's someone in his spirit, dark clouds in your mind, say, Lord Jesus, come by my way. Maybe someone just wants to ask the Lord tonight and say, come by my way. Somewhere in your shadows, the Lord is standing by. Lord Jesus, I just give every heart and every soul tonight into your hands. Father, for the, from the youngest person to the oldest, 
May you just touch every life, Lord. We pray, minister healing, and Father, it's not going to be always like this, Lord. Better times are coming. Lord, the miraculous times are coming. The season of singing is coming, Lord. Victory is coming, Lord. Healing is coming, Lord. Forgiveness for sin is coming, Lord. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit may touch every heart, every life, Lord. Father, as I put every person into your hands, myself included, Lord. May the Holy Spirit just touch every heart and search our hearts. And Father, if there's anything contrary to your will, take it away, Lord Jesus. We thank you. You are the resurrection and life. As your prophet said so many times, in that other dimension is there is standing the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your people once again. Touch every heart, Lord. Father, may you just forgive our mistakes. And if there's any sin, may, may it be confessed tonight, Lord, and drop in the bleach of your blood, Lord. Father, we pray if we have grieved your Holy Spirit in any way, will you just forgive us, Lord. Father, we pray, Lord, that a new season may come for every soul and every heart in Jesus' name. Bless this church, bless our precious brother Barry, Lord, and every office bearer. We thank you, Father, and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Lord bless you. Bye. Uh-huh.
misunderstand that God uh, realizes that they're going through a, a tough time and it's a real consolation to know that God knows exactly where you are and exactly what you're going through so if somebody needs prayer tonight we're glad to do that uh, tonight sing it again now open our eyes Lord. we want
through the seasons of, of weeping. We go through those difficult times and those valleys. But you know what? That's a season. And the, and the very definition of the word season means it's got to change. If it was a permanent thing, it wouldn't be called a season. But if it's a season, it's going to change eventually. It's not going to remain there. It's going to eventually turn into something else. That's the beautiful thing about seasons. Let's sing it. Close to you Close to you the wall. 
warmth of your embrace. Help me find the way, bring me back to speaking so directly and so personally to us. And Lord Jesus, we, we can identify with somebody like Mary, Lord, who's looking and looking at the circumstances and looking at this empty tomb without a revelation, without knowing what really took place. And she's making an assumption that's incorrect. But Lord, it's when you show up on the scene, Lord, and when you open her eyes, and Lord, when you draw near, that's when things change. Father, I pray that you would continue, Lord, to deal with us that way. That, Lord, you would just continue to help us to interpret rightly and, and correctly, Lord, exactly what's taking place in front of us. Lord Jesus, for those that mourn and those that weep and those that suffer, and, Lord, those that are burdened and heavy laden, Father, we know that those are seasons we all go through. But, Lord, we know there's a, a, a change coming, Lord. And for your bride, we know there's a change that's coming. May your Holy Spirit, Lord, just continue to help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on the right thing. May we turn to you, Lord Jesus. Have your way now, we pray. Bless the service tomorrow, Lord. Prepare our hearts and all that come, Lord. We just ask that you would be in, in the midst of all that we do. Bless Brother David, Lord, I pray. Give him rest and give him unction, Lord. In the morning we pray, we commit our hearts into your care now. In Jesus' lovely name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We're going to let you go this evening here. Uh, if you don't mind, take your Bible with you and uh, so that when you come back tomorrow, you can uh, get a seat wherever you can get a seat. So don't assume that you should leave your Bible where it is. Take your Bible with you. Bring it back tomorrow and put it wherever you sit. All right, if that'll be all right. Sunday school is on tomorrow at the regular time. Uh, Brother Peter and Brother Aaron's class is going to merge and they're going to go uh, together uh, in the classroom over there. So uh, each one of you uh, just remember that and be here on time for Sunday school. God bless you. Be in prayer for the service. And uh, may the Lord bless you tonight. Sing it now as you go. God is good all the time. He put a song up.